podcast for the week of September 11th, 2022, and this is going to be a little different because our community groups are actually taking this Sunday off uh, to do some special events with women's and men's ministry. And so, Super Dave, will you just give a real quick thumbnail sketch on what's going to happen Sunday morning, September 11th, then we'll dive into the pastor's group. Absolutely. So we only do this once a year because we want to make sure it's a big deal, but we are intentionally inviting everyone, instead of attending their normal community groups, to show up for either a a men's huddle down in Fellowship Hall, a women's brunch up in the fourth floor of our children's building, so they get a chance to hear about what's happening in in those respective ministries, men's ministry and women's ministry. Dave Rader will be challenging us as men on what our identity looks like, where the world is trying to place an identity in so many other things and titles and labels. He's going to challenge us to find our identity in Jesus and Him crucified and risen. And um, Katie Goodson is going to be sharing for the women just to encourage them, as well as Lindsay Wagner, our our director of women's ministries, is going to be sharing what's happening within the the scope of women's ministry this year. We we had a little bit of a reboot of women's ministry. Yeah, we're doing a a reset in women's ministry. Yeah. And the women's Bible studies, I want to make note, you know, our Wednesday evening studies, the women's study doesn't begin until the Sunday after that, which would be September 14th. Marissa, I interrupted you. No, I was just going to say, uh, just Katie Goodson is a fantastic teacher. I'm really excited to hear her, and I know um, everyone's going to really uh, get a lot from her, so I'm excited about it. So uh, I hope our community group leaders take the advantage, take advantage of this opportunity to take a break. Teaching week in and week out takes its toll, I know that. Um, so to take a break, to enjoy some great men's and women's ministry opportunities on breakfast. September 11th breakfast. There's going to be, be food? food. There's food. There, there will be food for both men and women. Yes. Fantastic. If the, if the teaching, the if Jesus isn't enough, come for the Yes. Come so, for the food. So what do, what do, I know guys, we just eat donuts. Mm. Do women eat donuts or? What, um, what do, women eat, no, I'll specify, uh, women with children mm-hmm. eat the leftover donuts that their children don't <laughs> oh, want. Nice. Men get yes. the first run of donuts. Women get the kind of the, the icing is mm, kind of slicked off of it or crusty, a little bit too wet. Maybe, uh, yeah. So yeah. we take what we can get. Okay. So women's brunch, <laughs> we're going to have leftover donuts. That's it. That will draw As long as they're not no, stale. If they're no. fresh, if they're still fresh, oh, there's nothing like a half-eaten fresh I'm donut. pretty mm. sure Lindsay has catered something <laughs> much better than that. Much, much better. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I eat about one donut a year. Of all my weaknesses, donuts is not one of them. So yeah, that's yeah. it. What do you take? Just a straight glazed? Uh, yeah. And I do like the, uh, the, the occasional bear claw. Yeah. Uh, or the cinnamon roll Dunkin' Donuts has this kind of cinnamon apple thing that they yeah. do. I don't even know what it's called, yeah. but yeah. An apple fritter that doesn't just that have essence of apple, but fritter. actual there, apple. Are, there are chunks of yes. replicated I apple. I want to see actual I'm apple. Replicated <laughs> apple. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. So, and it has been a while since we've been back together. We're getting the band back together. Yeah. School has started since we were all together. Just a quick note um, Marissa, you've got a middle schooler now. I do. And so far, so good. She's been working on her comebacks all summer long. Mm. She really wants a, like a a bully or something that she can banter with. And I was like, don't 
look for that. <laughs> if they come, it. it'll come naturally. Don't look for it. Don't seek it out. So, yeah. um, but she's loved her library. She loves her teachers. Uh, she's at Carver Middle School, and she's she's a little adult. Fantastic. Or thinks she is. She thinks she is. <laughs> and Dave, Dave, all of your kids are now in school. Yes, my youngest went to kindergarten for the first time. That's crazy. Yeah. She was a little babe when we first moved here. Fantastic. Enjoy this time when they're all in school and you, you have a day off and you have time with your wife. Enjoy that. <laughs> uh, we took Seth back. We have one more left in college. Uh, you know, we have three college payments left. Not that I'm not that I'm counting down, but with two years left, we have three. We've made a big college payment. But the worst part of taking him back to school is the Walmart in Shawnee, Oklahoma. I know this Walmart. I have never been to this Walmart. Lo- oh, you must go. I lost my I'll fa- take I the lost- trip all the way <laughs> oh, there just for the Walmart. Forget OBU. I'm just going to go to the Walmart. Talk about, you know, the teaching series on anger. I was angry. I was doing fine up to the time we walked in Walmart, and I was angry when we left. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> so, is this Walmart anything like the Walmart across from ORU? I have. Well, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't go into that Walmart, so I have no idea. It's. It's, I think... It must be a singular experience that this is the Shawnee Walmart's just one of a kind. <laughs> okay. That's all I I'll can I'll take say. you at your word. So this yeah. is a product unendorsement. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if you walk into a Walmart, you know what you're getting yeah, into. Yeah, there's not so. a lot of uh, selection at, right. in Shawnee. It's the Walmart or nothing. Oh, boy. Okay, <laughs> so we are starting September 11th, the same day we're doing the men's uh, huddle and the women's brunch. We're starting a new teaching series on prayer. Uh, and even though our community group teachers aren't uh, going to be teaching on this Sunday, I, w- I do want to take this as an opportunity because you will be teaching on prayer the next several weeks to pause and reflect while you're not under the pressure of having to prepare something, to start thinking ahead. Uh, and so we're going to talk about prayer in very general terms. Let me ask this question first, and I'm not expecting slick definitions except for me because I've been working on this for a couple months. Dave and Marissa, if you were to, to define prayer, Give me a simple working definition from your standpoint. Unslick. You ready for something slick or unslick, Dave? I'm ready for I'll something. I'll do unslick. But... I'll do unslick, too, <laughs> okay. because that's all I've got. <laughs> I think it's just intentional time set aside so you can listen to God and speak with Him. Just communing with God. Yeah, that's it. That's unslick, but that's pretty good. All right. Yeah. I was just going to say conversations with God. Yeah. I, I don't know where I ran across this. I think it was Richard Foster. I've, I've gone back, uh, usually for any teaching series... I pick a couple of books on the topic that I think are good and, and immerse myself in it. I decided not to buy any new books for prayer, but I, I went through my library and I picked out a few older books that I've read before and reread them in preparation. Um, Emily Griffin has a great book called mm-hmm. Clinging. Um, one of my favorite books, though, of all time is Richard Foster's book called Prayer. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't use this exact phrasing, but I, I've tweaked it a little bit. Prayer is need turned Godward. Hmm. And my one reservation about that definition is you don't, you don't have to have a need, a, you know, I need this to go to God in prayer, because I think in a broader sense, what we really need is God. And so prayer is that need. Sometimes it's for those surface things, but really it's more for the substance of relationship. Any, any need that is turned Godward is prayer. So in, in that definition, we might pray a whole lot more than what we think we do. Hmm. Anytime we have a need, uh, we turn it Godward, and it becomes prayer. 
um, that the passage we're looking at is going to be Mark chapter 1. It's kind of that quintessential passage. In fact, I'll mention this in the, in the uh, opening sermon, that Mark captures Jesus praying on three occasions. All of them are during a bit of a high-stress time, and all of them happen to be at night. So it's that whole idea of, of quiet, darkness, Jesus had need. He turned that need Godward. But if the two of you were to offer just some guidance on prayer, things you've learned over the years, I'm asking you to, to talk from the overflow of your life because I want our community groups to take advantage of this opportunity. There's so much we can learn about prayer from the Scripture. There's also much we can learn about prayer from one another. Uh, I might hear something that Marissa does in prayer and go, I've never thought of that before. Hmm. I don't have to do it that way, but there might be an occasion for me to experiment, implement that in my own way. So what have you all learned about prayer? What would you share with somebody else? I can't place the quote right now, but um, someone very smart said that prayer is like breathing, that uh, that we need God, that we need prayer just to, in order to live just like we need air to breathe. Um, so being very intentional about um, having every breath, every sigh, every groan, every every hope and wish uh, directed Godward. And Philippians 4 has become kind of my um, go-to passage to kind of redirect my understanding of prayer to turn it less into um, wish fulfillment or desire fulfillment or even when you're interceding for other people, um, you know, we're not guaranteed um, the desires of our heart. We're not guaranteed a yes answer from God every time we pray to him. Um, even the most righteous people, as the most spiritual people, aren't guaranteed um, a life that's free from suffering or, or everything that they want for other people. But um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says that don't worry about anything but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and the peace of God will be yours. That's what's guaranteed. So just being satisfied that I may not... Um, receive a yes answer or receive the desires of my heart. I might not um, see a healing for someone I love deeply, but I will receive that peace, and yeah. they will receive that peace as well. You know, when you say that prayer is like breathing, there's the, the long, ancient practice of the Jesus prayer. Right. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it is something that can be said in one breath, I think if we don't know what else to pray, we pray that. And I've, I've shortened it over the years as I've practiced the Jesus prayer, just the name of Jesus to be on our lips and in our heart. And in any situation we're in, if we just silently are praying the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. we're praying God's word, we're praying God's will, we're praying for his presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the peace that yeah. comes with his presence. Dave, what would you offer? Gosh, um, <laughs> I'm trying to get one, one, one arrow or one shot at it. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord prompts each of us, I believe, to invite us to work with Him in, in praying for specific needs of those around us. And, and so when we wake up in the middle of the night and we just have this random thought about someone that pops in our head, I think that's the Lord trying to say, pray for that person. There have yep. been many times mm -hmm. where I have acted on that and prayed for the person and found out after the fact that they actually had something happen in that moment or shortly thereafter that they actually needed prayer. And so there's something about that, that component of things where God invites us to work with him through prayer. Um, I'll also echo what Marissa said about finding peace. You know, so many times you read through the Psalms, you read how David literally is anxious or frustrated or angry, and he 
brings that to God, mm -hmm. that he's completely real with God, with his emotions, as he lays them all out before God, in his anger and his raw emotion, where at times he'll even say, God, I'm so angry right now. I just wish you would take my enemy's babies and, <laughs> oh, and no, just no. do some horrible things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a little too graphic, I think, but it's, <laughs> but it's that raw emotion that he brings to God. And if we bring the rawness of the junk inside of our souls to God, God does something with that. And he brings his peace in place of that, if we're willing to let him in. Right. And even in those Psalms, you can see the countenance of, of David change as you're yes. reading it, right? You have the vengeance, you have the anger, you have the, the smiting of enemies, and then you'll see, but, and God changes his heart actively through that prayer. Yes. I like a good smiting. Doesn't that, doesn't that feel good? Sounds like you need to pray more, Darren. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> but there's, I mean, if the Psalms, and I, I'm going to be doing a Wednesday night teaching through, you know, using the Psalms as a vehicle for prayer. There's no emotion you have that you can't pray. Hmm doesn't mean that God's going to affirm that emotion. What he is going to do is he's going to transform that emotion. Right. And better to pray it than to bottle it, because mm -hmm. that's what many of us do, and then it just comes out later on. You know, if I had one, one bit of counsel for prayer, and, and this, this I take from a model from Jesus, and, and there's no set time of day that we ought to pray, I would say pray at a time when your mind is at its best, and in a way, it's, it's tithing our attention. It's giving God. It's like we tithe our money. We give God the first, not the last. We give Him the best of our attention, not the leftovers. And for some people, that will not be in the morning. But I would ask everyone to reconsider that because there's something about the first part of the day. Uh, and somebody said this years ago. I don't know who said the quote. We need to get to God before the world gets to us. And in the morning time, before we open our email, before we you know, read the news or listen to the news to focus our attention, to balance ourselves in the presence of God, then we're ready to face the day. Mm -hmm. And we just came off staff retreat, and I thought several times, Mark 135, that's Darren's life first, because you really <laughs> lived that out. <laughs> I, I love getting away and getting alone. And, yeah, and in the early, early hours. Oh, that's it's not a discipline for me. It's a pleasure, but I, I probably in the early days it was yeah. a discipline. And Charles Spurgeon said, look no man in the face till thou hast seen the face of God. Oh, I love Spurgeon. He does mm. such a good job. <laughs> So let's talk about, I want to return to something David uh, said here a minute ago about praying for people, that when you have a special prompting, um, Richard Foster says this in his book, and I'm going to pull this exact quote for the first message, but it says, prayer is a way that we love other people, hmm. because if we love somebody, we want more for them than what's within our power to give them. And so whose power does that, does that belong to? That's God. So when we intercede or supplicate on behalf of somebody else. It's a way of showing love because we want more for them than what um, we can give ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the idea of the, listening to those promptings I think are important. Let's, let's talk for a minute about other creative ways of praying for other people. I've started using email as a way to pray for people. So when I get an email from somebody, uh, not only do I have a chance to reply to them and speak to them, but to speak to God about them. And so often, and I do not mean this in a trite way, if you've received an email response from me, I will say, I've taken your email as an opportunity to pray for you by name. And so I don't mean that flippantly. I literally lift their name to God. It might be the subject of the email, or there might be nothing that's really mentioned about a need in that email. So I just lift the person to the presence of God. Our daily correspondence, you can use phone calls and whatever in the same mm -hmm. way. Use them as opportunities. It's praying for the person that's in front of you. Any other creative ideas about praying for people? 
I don't know about creative ideas, but letting people know exactly what you'll be praying for them yes. too. Um, I know that we've all heard thoughts and prayers till it makes us nauseous and there's nothing really behind it. Um, so tell us and, how you really feel. Well, it's no, it's become kind <laughs> right. of like just a comment yeah, on Facebook true. where, um, oh, something horrible's happened. Well, thoughts and prayers, thoughts or I'll be praying prayers. for you. What Are that, you what really? What does that mean? What does that mean? I, mm-hmm. I hope it means mm-hmm. more than just typing it down, but how oftentimes about, that's all it means. How about we start saying, I'm thinking about praying for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm contemplating. I'm, I'm considering I'll whether consider. or not to pray. <laughs> but to say, you know, thoughts this is prayers. how I'm praying for you, um, whether it's someone who's ill or facing surgery, some kind of hardship, or, or something that you can praise God with, because we forget, you know, uh, God wants to hear the ways that we're grateful and the ways that we're excited. Um, that's something about Mark 1. I think part of Jesus running up to the mountains to talk with God is the excitement that he felt in Capernaum the day before um, meeting everyone's needs and starting his ministry, the excitement of sharing something with God. So just saying, you know, I, this is what I'm praying for you. And what I will continue to be praying for you is really important to people. Yeah, agreed. And let me flip that around. Uh, I often do this in hospitals. Um, before I pray with somebody, I will ask them, what specifically do you want me to pray for? Now, yes. sometimes I know, but you know, asking them to articulate it, whether they know it or not, they're actually praying at that moment. Mm. And if you say, you know, hey, I want you to pray out loud, it freaks them out. But if I say, what do you want me to pray for? They are lifting their request to God, I happen to be listening to it, and then I know exactly how I'm supposed right. to pray. Because sometimes I, I want to pray for healing, and the person says, I'm ready to go home. Right. Or vice versa, which is an awkward Or awkward vice versa. <laughs> Lord, please help this person as they go home. No, no I'm not I ready. Don't I don't want to. <laughs> Dave, what, what are your ideas about praying for others? So oftentimes when I get that prompting, I'll shoot a text or an email, or I will, if I don't have their cell phone number, I'll find them in Facebook Messenger or wherever I do have contact information for them and just saying, hey, I felt led to pray for you this morning. What can I pray specifically for? Good. And asking for the request back, because that's that's an easy way to, then to start a dialogue, to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. I've actually found a couple of times that opens the door even to a gospel conversation for someone who doesn't know Jesus, but with 90% of Americans believing in the power of prayer, it's really easy to use that as an open door. Yeah, it really is. And um, sometimes, though, and I'm going to take the opposite tack, sometimes I feel prompted to pray for somebody, but I sense that it's supposed to be a secret that I keep just between me and the Lord, too. Mm-hmm. Now, 95% of the time, I let the person know, but every now and then I intercede for somebody, and they have no idea that I'm doing it. And I think there's there's sometimes in prayer where we don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. And it just be something that's a, a special secret between mm-hmm. you and the Father. What I want to encourage our community group teachers to do, and I've shared with you before that Community group leaders, I really want you to step up your game if you're using the pastor's cut. Just don't regurgitate what's in the message and what's in the pastor's cut. This is a great opportunity that what we've just done to do this in your community groups, to experience the the insights that other people have gleaned from prayer. I would also uh, want to challenge our community group leaders. Let's pray for some bold things. Sometimes prayer is boring because we consider it to be predictable. It's the thoughts and prayers type thing. What would happen if we started praying for some bold things uh, from our lives and our families that people would come to know Christ through our community groups and through our relationships? Let's pray for some big things and bold things and and ask God for what we really want. Mm-hmm. So here's what we'll be doing, uh, and I'm going to ask for closing thoughts here. The message uh, on Sunday morning, uh, September 11th, I'm going to 
I'm going to encourage people to start praying four questions. And it's, it's not only speaking to God, it's listening for those answers. Now, this is no formula. This is no strategy. This is just a place to put your foot and to start in prayer. God, where do you want me to go? Because I see in, in Jesus, uh, there was pressure, there was expectation that he would stay in Capernaum, but he branched out from there. And so Jesus, I think one of the things he had to pray that morning in Mark 1 was, God, where do you want me to go next? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to see? As we go about in life, we're going to encounter a lot of different people. And I've encouraged our staff to pray this on Sunday morning when we gather together and we see a lot of the church family together. Who do you want me to see today? Who do you want me to speak to? Mm -hmm. And there are times when I just sense, and I had this experience on Sunday, I'm supposed to spend a few moments with this person and just listen and be present. So where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to see? What do you want me to say? If I have a chance to encourage somebody, and sometimes what God prompts me to is don't say anything. <laughs> just listen. Just listen. Just be with that person for a while. And then the final question is, how do you want me to pray? Again, if, if we want more for people than what we ourselves can give, praying, interceding on their behalf is a way of showing love for them. All right. Any last big epiphanies before we give thoughts and prayers and sign off? <laughs> I just want to give an invitation to our prayer team that gathers every Tuesday at 1115. Um, you know, we do a really great job committing to pray for one another. And we have, uh, you know, a wonderful, um, beautiful time of prayer for each other in community groups. And, and a shout out to Joe Lambert and the Remnant who are starting a, a corporate prayer group gathering. Um, but as a community, we don't often do it together. Um, sometimes we feel nervous about praying out loud or embarrassed or we don't know how to start, but there's a lot of power in gathering together and seeking God's direction together. So as part of our prayer team, you know, you'll, you'll join a group of veteran prayer warriors who can, um, just help you in a grace-filled, generous way to strengthen your faith, strengthen your abilities to pray out loud, pray corporately. Uh, it's a very, um, um, welcoming place to learn how to pray aloud and pray with other people. So that's on Tuesdays. Um, we're going to begin on, um, well, begins next Tuesday, so I don't even need to give you a date. Tuesdays, 11-15, fourth floor of the Children's Building, and we'd love to have you join us. And feel free to email Marissa if you want to just uh, reach out to her beforehand and, and make that connection. So, Dave, any last words? I would say join Marissa. Look for ways to pray corporately. I, I remember learning from other people how to pray by mm -hmm. being in corporate prayer gatherings. There's so many times just part of my spiritual formation was wrapped up in being in a corporate intercessory prayer group that taught me how to pray for revival, how to pray for, right. for God to move in huge ways, but also at the same time to intercede for, for immediate requests of people in our church family. It was huge. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a helpful starting point for anybody looking for ways on how to grow in their prayer. If you need advice with that, please reach out to Marissa. She's got a ton of resources for you. So, and my invitation would be, as we go through this on Sunday mornings and in our community groups, you know, there are teaching series that are meant to draw a crowd. You know, when you talk about anxiety, part of the, the desire there is oh, there'll be people out there who need to hear about this. They'll come to our church. So there are some teaching series that draw a crowd, but there are other teaching series that we just draw close to God. And that is, that's prayer. This is I don't know a lot of people are going to hear this topic and go, i got to be there for that. No, I hope that. I, mm -hmm. I would, would hope that that would be the case. But the goal is to address what we really need, and that is to draw near to God, to take our needs that we all have and turn them Godward. 
So that's it for us. Y'all got anything else? Do we, no. Do either one of you want to send out thoughts and prayers? Please, no. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get some emails on that one. Yeah, yeah. Email some hate mail to us, and then we'll pray for you. How about that? That's, that's perfect. <laughs> that, that, that'll be the reply to any yeah. email we get. <laughs> yeah. You're in my thoughts. You're in my prayers. Yeah. Or we'll Send. say, I'm I'm praying for you. Dot dot dot. Obviously, you need it. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe we should edit this part out or probably not. Nah. Anyway, okay. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord grant you peace now and forever. Amen. 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 Amen.